Greetings, travelers, and welcome to the Geronimo Draws podcast. I'm Robert Geronimo, creator of the Blood Realm comic series, and in this episode, I'm joined by my YouTube co-host, Michael Delavan, as we discuss the new Warner Brothers film, Joker. Also, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share, as it does help the channel grow. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Drawn Modros podcast. This is Rob, and joining me today is my YouTube co-host, Michael Delavan. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm good. Are you ready to talk about Joker? Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> I know you've been dying. Mike is a big fan. He's seen it twice. It's, it's a dark movie, yeah. and I don't want to make it seem like I'm just into these <laughs> you know, miserable films, but I love it for... The, the cinematic side of it yeah. and just what, you know, how powerful it is. It's very powerful. By the end of it, you shouldn't be cheering for him. Right. But in a weird way, you don't hate him. Right, because the, At si- least me the system personally. failed him. Yeah, in a way, that's that's the vibe I get. Well, let's get right into it. You know? Yeah, let's do it. Let's it's, do it. In this episode, we're going to be getting more in-depth in the film, uh, breaking down theories uh, we both have very different interpretations of the film, so I thought it'd be interesting to dig a little deeper in this episode. Right. Definitely see the movie. It's, it's oh boy, it's an experience. Joaquin Phoenix's best film. And I, I think he was amazing in Gladiator. Right. I think he's done some incredible things, but this performance for me. Oh, this was physical. I mean, this was he intense. He puts it over the top. Uh, he did research. You can oh. tell this guy did a lot of research on what it's like to battle mental illness. And just, the, he transformed his body. I mean, the guy dropped 52 pounds and you see it. Oh, you see I mean, it. They use it to their advantage. There are so many moments when he does these stretches and, oh, yeah. you know, just like taxi drivers with oh, Robert my God. De Niro. Oh, it's just, and that that definitely feels like the homage. Oh, without yeah, a doubt. Of taxi driver. I mean, even De Niro's in it. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's definitely got to be some yeah homage there just from the fact of like we want you to be in the movie we want to do something like taxi driver so i don't know that but how was it for you with a second viewing oh i i loved it even more i think personally that it just has such a beautiful storytelling progression it is it is long it is you know and there is a lot of lead up so you know you're kind of getting into the first scene of who he is and what he's being tormented of. I mean, it's that draw in that nice, slow track towards him as, you know, he's staring at this mirror and you see him purposely trying to make himself smile, but he's sad. But he's sad. And then forcing a smile and a tear comes down. And I remember reading an article or listening to an interview with the director. Yeah. And he said that that wasn't sort of a scripted. That was just one take that he did and the tear dropped and, you know, those Done. type of moments as a Gold. director, like, oh, it's, it's, you can't not use that take. Yeah. I, but, you know, I'm not going to lie. It makes me question <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix and his, his mental state. Because to put yourself there, I mean, look, I'm being totally honest. I think actors in general, you got to be a little off if you're going to make yourself cry. I just think that's a little strange. You are the greatest <laughs> pretender. 
Yeah, but but how how much are you pretending? That's the thing. Well, that's the that's the <laughs> thing, right? Some people are method actors. Imagine, you know, as a method actor trying to get into a role like that. Oh somebody my God, who's I can't. mentally ill. Yeah. You find out later he was abused oh, physically yes, and do. mentally. His mother, you know, he was adopted. Oh, you, was he? That's the thing. Yeah. You, uh, well, this is what I'm saying is we don't, you don't know. really know. So at the core of it, we talked about it. If you've seen the movie... Some people argue this theory that none of it was real. I don't think any of it was real. He imagined the whole thing start to finish. He was in Arkham Asylum from the beginning. Yes. He was talking to a woman who he turned into his social worker. It looks just like his social worker. At the end, right? He was older. In my opinion, it was all in his head. And he's talking to his social worker young because it's clearly, they, they, they purposely picked an actor who looks just like the social worker throughout the whole film who's older. And this is like a little bit younger. Right. And there are also key moments that I noticed. There's certain things that almost don't mesh. He At one scene, he's wearing no shirt. Right. And he goes to answer the door, and that woman is on the other side of the door, and he's wearing clothes. What woman? The, the love interest character. Oh. oh, right, right. I forget her name. I don't even know if she had a name. Well, everything with her was in his head. Right. That one was in it. But that's what I'm saying is that was clearly kind of the vibe where there didn't have to be consistencies. You didn't right. know what was real, what was not real. You're kind of just on right. this roller coaster ride with him. Like it almost felt like this movie wanted to kind of put you in this state of someone who's crazy. It doesn't have to make sense. Yeah. You're just along for the ride. Everything's very handheld. Oh, you yeah. notice even the shot. He goes he's going in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Blatantly handheld. It's it's off, and there's movement, even though there's nothing happening. Yeah, it had great 1970s, 80s grit to it, oh, but it had incredible. the polish of a modern film. The cinematography is gorgeous. The lighting, yeah, the music. I mean, I love the score. The he has the, music is the great. cello. Those yeah. deep, heavy, oh. you know, just long. That blah, was good. Blah. Yeah, really, really set the tone. So then do you think that Thomas Wayne was really his father? No. No, I don't. That was one aspect. I mean, if you want to believe that some of it was real, that his mother was just mentally disturbed. She claims that she signed papers to say he was adopted. When she was working for Thomas Wayne, right? they helped her get the child adopted, and then she treated him terribly because the guy she was dating was beating him and abusing him. Yeah. And she didn't do anything. So then they put her away. Obviously, we don't know what happens to him at all, the boyfriend character who abused him. Right. But to to the audience, I guess that's not really important. What's important is that the son was taken away from her. And that's sort of the loose well, end. How was he taken away if she's... Well, that's what I'm saying is we don't really get any of that progress from when he's a child to when he becomes an adult. We don't get that at all. Yeah. So he could have been an Arkham you know, forever, that his whole childhood into adulthood was literally this made-up story. I, right. I, I don't really know, but part of me thinks that, you know, just my personal opinion is that some of it was real, that he did eventually, you know, she got out and they reunited. and See, but this is all stuff that we could only assume. There's sure. no evidence in the film. Oh, absolutely not. There's you absolutely know. zero evidence for This is why anything. I think it's such a cool conversation, because people who are listening to this, I hope you comment or, you know, get in the conversation because we love to hear it. 
I enjoy this so much because Mike loves everybody it. has a different vibe. <laughs> Mike loves the film. I, I, I just thought it, by, by the end of that movie, when he, when the two guys he was working with come into his- That's the best thing, scene. And he's got the That's makeup on his scene. face. Yeah. And they have no idea why. But the makeup isn't finished. So he looks right. white and pale and it's creepy. He, he takes a scissor and stabs the one guy yeah. and then lets the other guy live. And they even play dark elements of just ridiculous comedy sprinkled oh, throughout the movie. That he locks the door so the the guy can't get the, out. Uh, he, he's a he's a dwarf and he he can't get up there. So he he's letting him go after he just murdered the friend. And he goes, but you can go. You're always nice to me. And he's like, I can't reach the door, Arthur. Can you please? As, as open you it? as the audience, you you're convinced he is going to kill this guy. I didn't convinced. think he I'm was. Si- I was convinced. I didn't think so. I, I figured he was going to let him go, you know, because I he didn't do anything to him. He was only getting people who wronged him. And, uh, and, you're and, right. And the dwarf never uh, never wronged him. But it was so hard to kind of gauge that. I mean, he's so off the cuff. Obviously, the three guys in the subway earlier, his first murder. Yeah, that know, was murder. a over the top. Uh, so that, that that's the uh, my, my criticisms with the film, because I, I, I did enjoy it. I just thought some of it was a little over the top. I thought it was a little predictable. I definitely definitely thought that the love interest neighbor uh was not real yeah that was clearly because it comes out of nowhere and there was no chemistry and then it's like oh well that's because it's all in his head but i understand why it's there because he like you said he's grasping anyone who gives him some kind of attention right and he he, he just manifests a relationship yeah of course and to just some sort of attention or love right Right. He's claiming, even when he talks to Thomas Wayne in the bathroom, whether or not that's real or not, right. he's like, I don't want any money from you. I don't want anything. He goes, yeah. I just want a li- little love, maybe a hug, some support, dad. You know, right, right, right. He that just wanted something that was crazy. of um, some sort of just love or sure. happiness. I mean, even in the moment, <laughs> there's a scene in the movie when he's like giving his mother a bath. Right. And he's telling her about his dream to be a comedian. And she's like, but don't you have to be funny to be <laughs> yeah. a comedian? And you as the audience, at least for me, I want to be like, screw you, mom. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, like, you call me happy. What the... Yeah, like- that was crazy. But, but the... Um, I like the twist, you know, in the Batman mythos that Thomas Wayne is not a good guy. A good guy. Oh, I, really I, I thought it was great. I thought that was a really cool twist. And that's why I like different interpretations of characters in film, uh, particularly with what Tim Burton did in the original Batman. I like that he made this whole origin for Joker with his writers and that I like that Joker killed the parents, even though a lot of people didn't like that because that's not in the comics. Right. So I like that, which why with Disney, it worries me when they have all this control and they don't allow other interpretations, which is why people were a little disappointed that Disney got the rights back to Spider-Man because now it's important to have different voices. But... This is a prime example as to why it's important to have different voices, because now look what you can do. You can create a whole nother, not even alternate reality, another interpretation. Oh, it's the beauty of of creative filmmaking. Character, right. And I applaud Warner Brothers for making uh, this type of film. Oh, yeah. Because films haven't had this grit. You know, this is crushing the box office. I'm blown away that it even got made. Right, that's what you I'm know, saying. That it wasn't pulled, and it's doing great after the rebellious nature of the. Right. F- I mean, 
you see the All world around ridiculous. him slowly kind of crumbling into chaos, which yeah. is what Gotham in most oh, wait, of the films become. Well, you see, in the beginning, we see just the the hidden gem of innocent kids playing a prank on a clown, right? People don't really care. The city's going about its normal business. And then slowly you get, you know, hints of it being worse. He's on a bus just trying to make a small kid laugh, and the mother freaks out on him. See, but see, right? to me, I all thought that was a little too much. Why too much? It was just so, it, it was caricatures of people. That's why I think all of this was not real. Because it was just so, it was too absurd. The, the way people were reacting toward him was just so over the top, which is why I think none of it was real. Like the woman turning around angry that he was, ma- that he was just making his, the, the kids smile. Uh, you have the, 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 the three drunk business kids who just want to beat up on a clown for no reason. And then you have the kids in the opening who terrorize him and then beat him and kick him. And the other ones kick him. I just think it was, they were just, in my opinion, mental demons that were haunting him because they felt so over the top that they just could not exist in, in, real, in, in reality. It just didn't feel real. That's why I think it's all in his head. I think what he was doing at the end, the character himself, going back to the character in the comics, we do not know his real name. We do not know who he is. Right. So I think what he was doing in that moment, at the very end when he's in the asylum, he was reinventing himself. Right, and it he was could coming be. up with a brand new identity. But is there any ver- is there any story about that that he you know is making up his own world as he goes in the Dark Knight? He does that because a lot of that for me is we're taking because it's a comic book character. We automatically need it to be you know telling one of the comic book stories. No, it's not just one of them. I mean, well, th- then you shouldn't call it Joker because and you couldn't, shouldn't set it up. Uh, people are obviously going to do that because it's, it's set in the universe of Batman. Right. So how could you not? You have to. I mean, in the end, they do this because big Hollywood knows that people are more likely to see a film about an infamous character like the Joker. And so it draws people in to go see it. Oh, yeah. But we tell our own story, right? I, I'm creating... The background of what the Joker is but it's and open, what happened. It's open to, that's why I think it's good is that it's open to people who are not familiar with Batman and people who are familiar with Batman. Right. So for me, it clearly looked like he was reinventing himself at the end. So all this was in his head and he was, he was trying to come up with a new identity. So this is all just it's all a in, dream it's, of him in sort of like padded room. Remember in the Dark Knight when... He says the whole story about my father. Let's put a smile on that face. Right, but that, that's a different movie. No, but, but they took that element of how Joker, we don't know him, so he reinvents himself. Because then what happens is he sees... Oh, because he keeps telling different versions exactly. of the story. So that's why I'm saying this looked like to me... Another version of that. Another version of that. Because it, be. it just suddenly cuts. It's abrupt cut because he was free. He, was, he, he wasn't caught at the end of the movie. Right. And then it fades to black. And it seems and like maybe time has gone by or it happened the next day. Right. You don't really know because he's got no damage to his face. Nothing. Which is no why. injuries. This is why I think that. Sure. It, it was all him in the hospital the entire time speaking with that social worker who he created 
in this new identity that he. Was I think making. that's part of what I love so much about it is because when I first watched it the first time, I didn't get that at all. Right. It was only later I had uh, a friend of mine tell me that and sort of like give me this article of, I think this whole thing was not real. Oh, I think definitely. it was all in his mind start to finish. Definitely. And that kind of like reworked my whole thought. So then when I see it again, I have that in my head going in. So now I'm looking for that. But I still enjoy the hell out of it because yeah. it has such an incredible vibe of how it builds up to this insanity that he's only to find out that it's always existed. He's already crazy from start to finish. Right, 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 right. Right? He was dreaming that he was at the... See, that's where it's hard for me to get. Was he dreaming that he was sitting at work, making a happy face, sad face, happy face? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right in the beginning of the movie, and I, then the yeah. kids steal his sign. Like, he's he's fantasizing about that? Right. Why would you fantasize about getting your ass kicked? Because he said... Remember, she says, what's the joke? And he goes, you wouldn't get it. Just like you said, why would you fantasize about that? Like, everything, this whole thing... You remember, he kept saying, "My, it's really a comedy. He keeps saying that multiple times throughout the film. He does. My whole life is a comedy. And then she's like, what's so funny? You know, the joke. I mean, that's... And, see? That's the exact reason I love it so much. Because... Right. Some would argue this, some would argue that, and both kind of don't have to be wrong. No, it does certain moments could seem real enough where the, that probably existed. Some moments seem too right. too much fantasy where, like you said, yeah. everybody's so angry and nasty. Yeah, is it, the it world too, really like that? I don't know it because Gotham isn't a real place, right? So, But it, it, was, it was a world that was completely, literally over the top, especially with like the... The fight and the, the the big anarchy that's happening at the end, like everything is just to the max. Oh, it's such a great scene, though. Oh, it's a great. He's scene, sitting but in that's the top car. That's why I think it's in his head. And they steal an ambulance and free him that way, and <laughs> he finally gets that moment of like putting the blood smile on his yeah. face. Such an iconic scene. That was a great Ellen. scene. And people like this exist. Sure, you know, that's the thing or worse. Too. I think that's why people are also horrified because you know what this is. What it's like for people to battle men- mental illness. It's a constant battle. It's a it's something they battle not not just every day, it's every minute. But it was it, his performance is unbelievable. The I would love for this to be the prequel to the future Batman it's really hard that they're to doing. Because do. uh, I love this Gotham. I love this world. I love the authenticity of it. I like seeing the old classic cars because that's what I loved about Burton. It, it makes it set in this own unique universe. Yeah, it's a time capsule. And as much as I really enjoy the Nolan movies, they're set in the present day. And what happens is that ages quickly. Yeah. See, the, the Burton movies, they don't age because it's it's the 50s and 40s, but also there's modern technology and it makes it this own its own generation. I hope that this is the prequel to the new Batman series because that would be a hell of an opener. True. Hell of an opener. Especially now you just establish your world. Oh, I love the aesthetic of the world. Please, Warner Brothers, do this because it it felt gritty and Batman should be in like some gritty 1970s, 80s New York City vibe. Oh, yeah. Just picture... You know, flash forward now to he oh, is Batman. Perfect. Where has the Joker been? He's aged. He's been in the yes. asylum all this time, so he's older. It would be so cool. And it would have, again, like 
that age difference with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton, yeah. which I thought was so cool because obviously, like we said, Keaton right sees him parents, as a kid. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So I would love that. And again, it, you have to go to the film with an open mind. It's it's not what you think. The, in no way is it anything that you could possibly imagine in terms of superhero <laughs> all that vibe. Just sit down, strap in, and soak it in. Yeah, it's a character study. It's dark. It's gritty. Moments of of it being over the top, but I think it's because it was all in his head. I would be interested to hear what you guys think. Yeah, me too. So, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on for this special in-depth discussion. I know you've been itching. Clearly, and dying. I have no interest in this topic. <laughs> I know you've been whatsoever. Dying. You've been dying to talk about it. So I'm glad to have you on. So. All right, guys, I'd love to hear what you guys think about the Joker. Let me know what some of your theories are. I'll catch you guys next time. I'm Rob. I'm Mike. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys, wherever you are. Take care. Bye.